TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. everybody's bomb cyclone going ray how's your bomb cyclone hasn't hit yet so you're good i'm fine now it's good glad you made it i was afraid the bomb cyclone might keep us apart today but no we are here we are live we're local isn't that what they say we're live and we're local yeah you don't really have a choice because otherwise you're dead and it doesn't matter where you are nobody's drowned yet happy wednesday the bomb cyclone at this particular time, is nothing to worry about. However, I have seen a satellite image that is enough to scare the absolute crap out of you. <laughs> it looks well, and they're like, already evacuating people near, like, waterways. Yeah. So this is... I anticipate this being profoundly unfun. Something is about to happen. So if you are in a, what, low-lying area, if you're close to the water... It is, it is keep an eye on the situation at all times over the next, yeah. what, three, four, five days? Is is that how long this is supposed at, to Well, last? at least two. Uh, if you're along the Embarcadero, pay attention. So, I got to tell you, as I was driving in this morning, kind of talking to the Uber driver who was driving me in this morning, uh, uh, you know, going over, geez, it's hardly raining. What is everyone talking about? I saw a wave lap up against one of the piers before you get to like Red's Java house. That was unlike any, I got here early today, about 10, 11 o'clock. I don't know if that's high tide, low tide. I'm not, I'm not a king tide nautical guy. That's what it's called. King tide, whatever it, uh, it was the first wave that made me go, huh? Okay, maybe, maybe maybe something is about to happen. So, you know, look, just just be careful, everyone. We try to tease the bomb cyclone, which would be the great name, a great name for a punk band. I mean, it really would have been. I think it probably already is somewhere. Should be. Uh, and everybody stay safe, stay dry. And we have the perfect show for you to be stacking sandbags to <laughs> this afternoon. I mean, we really do. Uh, we have two of the biggest names in the NFL joining us today. One of the biggest members of the media. Peter King joins us at 4.15, and one of the biggest players in the NFL, Nick Bosa, is set to join us in our 5 o'clock hour. We're going to say 5.15. They're saying 5.20. So, you know, the truth will probably meet Tune somewhere. in about quarter to seven. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. No, 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 no. We, we want you tuning in for the next three hours because we do have quite a bit to get to beyond our two outstanding interviews that we have today. Look, the Warriors got another chance to win another game tonight. They got the Detroit Pistons in town, and the Pistons are 5-17 and 17 on the road. They've only won 10 games this season. And even though the Warriors are still struggling to get healthy, no Curry tonight, James Wiseman's not playing, uh, Jamichael Green is out Jonathan Kaminga remains out with his right foot that I guess, you know, was even in a boot the other day. And uh, Andrew Wiggins, who is improving, is out with a non-COVID illness. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is probable. I smell minutes in the air tonight for him, so I do hope he is able to go. And look, you know, this is not a great opponent coming into town, but the Warriors have not had a great season. They've been very, very good at home. Uh, they have an opportunity tonight 
to go three games over 500 for the very first time all year. Don't blow that opportunity. I mean, take advantage of a beatable Pistons team, even in the, sticking with the theme of the opening monologue, in the sandbagged conditions of the Golden State Warriors. It's been been a soft homestand in terms of opponents. This is the softest yet. Uh, And they still haven't fixed a lot of the problems that have dogged them most of the season. But right now, the thing is not to worry about style points as much as it is getting through the time you don't have Curry. And that's going to be another 10 days, apparently. I saw saw that they either are expecting or hoping to see him on the 13th. This is a team that no matter who they're playing, no matter what the competition is, whether Steph Curry was out there and playing or not, it feels like, I mean, how, how many games the Warriors have played? You want to just call it 30 to make it a nice round number? No, closer to 40. Okay, 40 fact, it 38. is. 38. 38 it is. I can deal with that. Let's say they played 38 games. Well, we don't have to say. They, they have yeah, played they had, 38 in fact, games. Yeah, they've achieved 38 games. It was a successful se- season so far in terms of attendance. Have they gone 35 of those games without a... I mean, a 10-minute chunk of what the hell am I looking at? Like, what, I guess what I'm trying to say is every single Warrior game, no matter who's available, who's playing, or who they're playing, seems to come with a no-account, you got to be kidding me, 10 minutes of dauber-down basketball where they're either giving it away with their own sloppy play or doing nothing to slow down the opponent because it's been a defensive uphill slog the entire way through but for a game or two. That's why I wanted to say they've they basically given you this 10-minute chunk of ugh in 36 of the 38 games played. Tonight feels like an opportunity to maybe eliminate that 10-minute chunk of just ugh, basketball against a not very good team. And then another team on the back end of this homestand coming up next is the Orlando Magic. And but for the Warriors, the Orlando Magic have the worst road record in the NBA. And then after that, the price of poker, it does feel like it goes up a little bit because the Phoenix Suns are coming into town. But Cameron Johnson's knee held him out last night, and Devin Booker's going to miss at least another three weeks before you see him again. So it's hardly like the Phoenix Suns are rolling into town. Um, no, this t- could be. This could be a perfect homestand. It could be. And boy, do they need that. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they need... I mean, like I said, this is not about getting their problems fixed, because they're clearly not. Right. But... It gives them a chance to get running before what is going to be a fairly difficult road stand after, road trip after this, where they've, you know, they've they've got to go through Washington, which is a weird team. Then they've got at Boston and Cleveland on back to back. That's hard. Well, it should be. I mean, you know, they, they'll have to hold Donovan Mitchell under seventy. But most teams have. I, I have yeah, to be honest with you. True. Only one has not. But no, it's you know. <laughs> And by then, they should have close to full participation. And then we'll get to see if they finally figured out what's been ailing them so far. They are riding a season-high five-game winning streak. With a win tonight, they get another season-high winning streak that goes to six games. And they're a season-high three games over 500. It's amazing that we're already standing here in 2023 and they haven't been three games over 500 at any point in time in their schedule yet. So it's something that needs to happen if they want to be who they claim to be. And that needs to happen tonight against the Detroit Pistons. I am telling you that the the NBA is quickly becoming like an any given Sunday type of league. I mean, it really is. You got some teams really trying on some nights, other teams clearly going El Postino and mailing it in other nights. And I'm not saying that the Warriors are mailing in anything here, but it's been a funny, weird league. Full stop. I mean, all year long so far. This league does not make a lot of sense yet. The Warriors are essentially a schizophrenic basketball team where they look like world beaters at home. They look easily beatable by anybody in the world when they're on the road. And the truth needs to start coming out somewhere. So 
again, keep this good feeling going tonight against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Warriors, it feels like they just need a little health, a little defense, and start enjoying just a little bit of success away from, from Chase Center and equilibrium. It feels like it's out there, right? I mean, it, it feels like it could happen. Um, I think this is this is going to be a team that's going to look a lot like this for a while yet, even after the starters come back, because I don't think that fixes it. I think the the inability to get the first and second units to close the gaps between their performances is still to be seen, because they haven't done it so far. Um, I think beyond that, it's learning to integrate what I think is a a deeper bench into, you know, into more minutes. I mean, DiVincenzo, I think, is now a made guy. Um, Kaminga, you're never sure about. Um, Poole can be wildly good or wildly bad. And against Atlanta, he was both. Um, it's hard to know who they are yet. And I don't know that you're going to get to know that much before the All-Star break. I know they got a pretty eight man, a pretty good eight-man rotation when, when guys are healthy. I know that. And I like the guys involved in that eight-man rotation. And it, it's... I think they're a playoff team. There were there was a moment earlier on in this year where I thought, may, maybe this is the year where that even ends. No, they're, they're a playoff well, team. No, they all clearly are a playoff team because you can start to see the separation between, between 10 and 11. Now, if you're talking about a playoff team as a six or above, I'm not sure that that's proven yet. But yeah, they'll, they'll get extra games. I mean, unless... They, another catastrophic injury hits him. But Minnesota's not going to survive. Oklahoma City's brutal. The Lakers, you know, I don't see them making a run. And the Spurs in Houston are, you know, they're bricking for Vic with all their might. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I think they're a playoff team, barring catastrophe. But how much of a playoff team? That's, I don't think we'll know that till the playoffs start. That's why this has kind of been interesting, if not frustrating. So far, uh, 49ers close out their regular season with the Arizona Cardinals, but it's not quite the Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins already listed is out. David Blau will be your starting quarterback. Look, the 49ers are alive for the one seed. We'll tell you what needs to happen for them to get there. It is the appropriate time to talk about contingencies after the cancellation, the postponement of Monday Night Football. Uh Damar Hamlin, we have no real news to share with you about any improving condition, but we will give you the feel that seems to be coming out of that hospital today. And I can tell you it feels more positive today than it even did yesterday. So that, I guess, is good news to share at some point in time. And we got a lot to get into today, an awful lot of stuff to get into today, including one of the bigger extensions Major League Baseball has ever seen handed out. That happened in Boston today. And Brian Sabian takes a little shot across the Giants' bow before he heads on off to New York. So we got quite a bit to get into this afternoon. Again, Nick Bosa is joining us early in our 5 o'clock hour, around 5.15, 5.20. We're looking forward to that. Peter King in about an hour from now, which means we got about an hour of open lines with you, good listeners. I hope you're preparing for the bomb cyclone and a hell of a show today here on 95.7 The Game. The merch store, it's open, baby, that relevant T-shirt, the Defensive Player of the Year shirts, pretty cool. Check them out. 957thegameshop.com Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. on 95.7 The Game. It is great to have you here today. Thank you so much for stopping on by this bad boy, Damon and Ratto. It's streaming on YouTube. You can watch this. You can watch the show before this, the show before that, and the show that starts it all. When they get to the point where you can watch the show after this, that's when I'll be impressed. What's coming up after this tonight? What do we got tonight, Grandy? Uh, it's Warriors uh, Live with John Dickinson, and you can watch that on YouTube. Uh, are you? You impressed? can't watch it now. Not no, right you can't. Now. Uh, no, we don't. We cannot. If we can't defeat the timeline, then no. this is just technology everybody else has. Now you want to defeat the space time continuum, and that's the only way you're going to be satisfied. That's so on brand for you. It really is. Hey, aim for the stars. Uh, someone from the nine two five named Dylan from Dublin says Ray Ratto is the only reason I listen. To nine five seven, the game. He ought to be ashamed of himself. You're the only reason that someone is happy in life, Ray. I've never hated a man more. <laughs> I, I knew I knew you would probably uh, play it that way because that's just kind of the wonderful sweetheart you really are. Before we start taking calls here today, and we got a couple on hold already, want to talk about you know the situation that's shaking out in the NFL. What? You know, if it actually applied to, to the 49ers, um, that's, a, that's a legitimate question. We'll get into it. But uh, I, too, the only reason why I, I listen to 95.7 The Game is for Ray. And because uh, <laughs> you're trapped in the room. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a captive audience. It's not hard to find a better offer. The, um, the, the thing that you sat down to talk to me about today was a soccer story in its origin. So I... You know, glossed right over it. I didn't pay much attention to it. But then you started explaining it to me. And I was like, okay, that is officially uh, left of center of normal. So why don't you fill the kids in on what's going on in the wonderful, glorious, always competent, never in doubt world of U.S. men's national team soccer, Ray? Well, I, a little background. Uh, Greg Berhalter, Greg Berhalter, who's the, the head coach of the team. That just played. That just played in the World Cup. Okay. And got to about the level that it should have. Um, did so largely without what is perceived to be one of their best players in Gio Reyna. Was he hurt? No. It was a DNPCD. Okay. Um, and Reyna, admit, by his own admission, sort of pouted through some practices and had to basically have a come to Jesus meeting and eventually you know started to get a little time but for the most part he was not a factor and after that uh, Burhalter did a speaking in, engagement in which he sort of said there was one guy that we very nearly sent home because of his attitude that was Raina with, okay. without mentioning his name and Raina's mother Danielle uh, who had been a roommate of Burhalter's now wife um sent a letter to U.S. Soccer after this press conference basically outlining an incident from 1981 in which Burhalter, um, not allegedly, he basically has admitted to it, that he got into a fight with his then-girlfriend, now wife, and kicked her in the leg. And so Danielle Reyna sends this letter to U.S. Soccer and uh, her husband... Claudio Reyna, who used to play on the U.S. national team and is now a, an executive for a team in the U.S., uh, basically co-signed the letter. And while it's still sort of in question about what they did or didn't mean by the letter, it was clear they wanted to discredit Burhalter, And they sent the letter, and Burhalter two days ago, or maybe even yesterday, uh, came out and said there is an attempt to discredit me and I want to get ahead of this. And he re he revealed the story about how he got into a fight with his wife. In 1981, I kicked a woman 
who then married me, and we've been married happily since. Yeah, is the story. That's well. That's and, that's, and, and, that's and, the Burhalter side of the oh, story. Okay, the and, interesting part of the story. Well, I'm sorry. I'm well, let me ask questions for those who don't know the players involved, like the way you do. So. Basically, we have a dad who is angry at his son's lack of playing time and brings up a kick to the shin from 40 years ago from a couple that ended up a happily married couple. No, we have a mom who did that. And as it turns out, the dad co-signed the letter that the mom sent. So he did it too. Well, okay, but the, the letter was written by the mom. So for accuracy's sake, we need to say that. Essentially, if we took they were this, angry, they were angry not so much at his playing time, but the fact that Burhalter called the kid out on it after the tournament was over, and that's what it said in the letter, which we just saw a copy of about an hour ago. So, because we're sore the way you handled things, we're going to go into the darkest corner of ancient history that we can come up with. Well, the darkest corner, probably one of the darkest corners of his life, for which he has, you know express the shame that he should uh in other words it's the sort of thing that makes you wonder a whether burhalter can keep his job and b he can absolutely keep his job well I, are, you, don't, are you serious don't like, bet on that he doesn't have a contract right now they might decide to well, walk they fire just him, because it's because soccer is bad not because we don't know you that kicked someone in the we, we have no idea why they would 39 years ago him. We have no idea why they wouldn't resign him. All I know is he doesn't have a contract right now. And the truth is, if he goes down, maybe Claudio Reyna becomes discredited in the soccer community. So there's a lot going on here. And Gio Reyna may never play, well, almost certainly won't play again. Not for this coach Burpo, anyway. Not for this coach. And maybe not again. So basically, this story has blown up the... The hierarchy of U.S. soccer, at least temporarily. It sounds incredibly petty. All involved, except the coach who benched the player, which is a coach's prerogative if the player's a pouty little diva. But then he comes out and then basically after saying, we're going to keep this in-house, took it outside. Which is why the letter got written. So that everybody's got some fault here. And you can decide for yourself who has more fault than somebody else. But if you say you're going to keep something inside and then you don't in, in, a, in a speaking engagement in which you don't even have to make the point, I think they felt wronged. It sounds now, like an abundance of pettiness all the way through. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, it's a ziggurat of small-mindedness. You tell that story about domestic whatever might have happened in 1981, no evidence of admission to and a happily married couple since. So I'm going to say there's no there there definitively and feel very good about it not to even defend that position do you watch dana white slap his wife at squid row on tmz this week i did indeed okay first of all everything that dana white has basically ever said into a microphone has been evidence this guy is probably a huge douchebag like everything he's ever said. He's into a, bully, a microphone. No question. Um, that is uh, how he is still involved in this today, the UFC, with all of the, and I'm not trying to go any like political correctness here, trying to be Clay Travis outkick. ESPN is, you know, uh, uh, should be shamed at all times. But for the amount of Instant shaming anyone who steps out of line to the point where it's not a rumor you stepped out of line. We got the video of you doing it. Gets dealt with immediately. But I guess there is a certain dollar amount that you can bring into ESPN that they will, what, not even really cover this or talk about it? Dana White not only slapped his wife after she slapped him in a drunken New Year's Eve whatever uh, on Squid Row down in, uh, down in Cabo. He went in for seconds. He, 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 he caught Cheek, and he went back for more Cheek as soon as he caught Cheek. This guy should never be involved in the UFC 
in any public capacity in any way. Except that he owns the company. And I'm not taking his side here. I'm just explaining this so that people understand why ESPN has not reported this and why UFC, which he runs, hasn't done anything about it, nor have nor has the company that basically underwrites UFC. It's because, and this what came from an MMA writer uh, on the Dan Lebetard podcast this morning, who said that there doesn't seem to be a lot of outrage within the... Uh, the fighting community. Well, I mean, for one, well, let me finish the point. They're, they're punching people, that's for sure. Well, okay. And the second thing is, there's no indication that uh, there's going to be much pushback. And as long as there's no pushback, the the strategy here at ESPN and at the parent company um, for the for the, for the UFC is basically it'll die down. What makes this weirder is that Dana White at one point was quoted as saying, the one thing you can never come back from is hitting a woman. Right. And so now it's basically the dog biting his own tail and maybe getting away with it. So I've read the follow-up comments that Dana White has come public with, and he has you know, officially hoisted himself upon his own petard. As good of a comment you could make to explain away, hey, my wife and I slapping each other that drunken night in Cabo was no big deal. He tried to, but the video is just, I mean, again, I, I don't know how you can come back from that, Dana, if we got the video that is directly attached to the thing you said is the can't come back from zone. I mean, it, it, it just shows you that there are... Uh, uh, it's it's just it's just gross. It's just gross. These are gross people. She's gross. He's gross. They're gross. The whites, the whites are gross. And but the weird the the truest thing about this is that if you bring money to somebody else, that somebody else is not going to bother you, no matter how gross you are. And that's right now where the lesson is, because there's nobody interested in bringing Dana White down. Even though, by his own words, he should not be able to come back from this. This is a must-come-down situation. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's just a reminder that a double standard is easy. It's the triple and quadruple standards that we're dealing with now. Something else, man. Something else. Uh, so, look, I, I, you know, I'm not a big UFC guy. I'm not a soccer guy. But both these stories were pinging on a lot of radars today. So I thought we'd squeeze them in here just because it was interesting enough to squeeze in and uh there's a lot of there's a there's a, a lot of well there's a lot of bad people running big operations yeah there there's yeah because it, it's a it's about domestic violence b it's about power i mean the the burhalter thing who knows where that's going to end up but the dana white thing most people seem to think he'll he'll probably skate on this because he brings money to ESPN. ESPN is a... We know what the excuse is going to be? She swung first. Yeah, and, well, the, people have already used that, and, which is a ridiculous notion. Uh, well, yeah, she swung first, so I get to hit her twice as much. But beyond that, it's the idea that for a fairly significant segment of the fighting community, and I include boxing, fans don't seem th see this as particularly offensive. It's going up. That's just part of the. Well, it's a striking community, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, but I'm, that's what I mean. It's, it's you know, it's not resonating for them the same way that it would resonate in the gen pop. in the in the NBA. Oh, or right. the NHL. Well, what you'd have there is more likely a an African American man, and that would be instant outrage and covered on CNN. Well, but you know, there's also not a sense that you know, hitting a woman is okay. There is something about the fighting community that says when you have been wronged of course you can use your hands yeah you can't no you can't but hey she's wrong we're about he's to find wrong out, we're about to find out that dana white probably can't that's gross yeah it is that's nauseating happy new year happy new year everyone enjoy your bomb cyclone um
it is uh, w- w- one of the things that, that bothers me about some of the softness of the media, which is it thinks it can score points with casual viewers by appearing as overly sensitive about everyone's feelings at all time. And I don't want to offend anybody by changing the subject. That is the subject that you were sent into the room to cover in the first place. Absolutely nobody who was covering Monday Night Football thought that they were going to be covering a tragic event. But you better be prepared to because that's what comes with sports. That's what comes with all sports. Sports can go bad in the worst of ways at all times. That's just real life drama that's attached to it. I saw a lot of people today saying, you know, I don't even know how they're going to go ahead and play games this weekend in the NFL as long as as long as Demar Hamlin is still in the hospital. What? Like I, I, you know, I don't pray very much. I've said a little prayer for Demar Hamlin. I, uh, I, I hope he recovers to the point where he is walking, talking, breathing, and happy with his family and life again. Whether he plays football again is completely irrelevant. But the games that are happening this weekend are relevant, and the NFL is officially relevant. And three days after an injury, is exactly time to talk about well, what do you do going forward? I mean, it's a, there, there doesn't need to be any apology by the NFL media for covering how the NFL is going to get out of a situation that, once you do look at it, you see it, it is complicated. There are many moving parts here to contending teams, which have a ripple effect on the teams behind them and around them. And it is uh, only the most popular sport in the United States. So to diminish it and say that that doesn't matter now is insane. Like, quit trying so hard to not offend anybody, you don't even make sense anymore. It's ridiculous. The only issue is, what do the Bills want to do? Uh, I've seen some reports that some of them are uncertain about whether they want to play the game this Sunday against the Patriots. And if they don't well, want to play... that's it. That's forfeit time, boys. No, that's well, not it's, like... Then it's forfeit. Yeah, then it's then, forfeit. Yeah, that's, that's, then that's, you lost but, that game. But... There okay. is no redo on that one, because it's no. time to get up and, and go back to work. That's their call, not anybody else's. If this is still that traumatic, no, that's the, the NFL's on. call at this point. No, well, they, it's the, the game no. schedule, boys. No, you no, play you football, get, you, you get take to the decide. Check, you get to decide whether you play or not. They get to decide what to do about it. All right. Well, if the team says we completely boycott this game because we're still very wrapped up in our emotions about, you know, our our our, our other teammate, well, then then that's it. Then then the Bills forfeit. Okay, then they forfeit. But I if. If this is still, you know, bothering them to the extent that apparently it still is, and they choose that, then they're choosing that knowing what the price is. But I wouldn't make them play. I just say, okay, you know, we're not going to be unfair to other teams. You just, you lose that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, mean, I, just, but I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge believer here in letting the Bills decide. Knowing that there is a consequence with the decision. Right. But the, the, you don't think that there's any responsibility to go ahead and give them the offer to, like, we'll, we'll cancel the Patriots game, too, if you, if you need us to. I, well, I don't, know what, I don't know what the ramifications are going to be on Friday. I mean, if, God forbid, Hamlin takes a turn for the worse, that's a whole different discussion. But for right now, I, I can see where the NFL will say, you could choose to play or not play. We get this as an unprecedented situation for everybody involved. But we just have to say, okay, we're not going to punish you for not playing. We're not going to fine you or suspend you. We're just going to say you lose that game. And you deal with whatever consequences come with that. Look, when it comes to DeMar Hamlin, the one thing that Ray and I, neither of us are, are doctors. We just have absolutely no idea how to even interpret reports coming out of situations and oxygen percentages that are being fed to him. But here's what, you know, I, I think it's the news that is worth sharing. He remains in critical condition. And at this particular time, he still needs the life-sustaining help from the machines that he is attached to. But everyone who's been to visit him comes away feeling good about that visit. Uh, things seem to be tracking in the right direction as much as they can be at this particular time. And it doesn't sound like just, you know, 
blind optimism and hope that he will come out of this, but uh, a, a, a real possibility now exists that he he does come out of this, and certain that's what we're all hoping for. That's what we're all hoping for. But what happens going forward? What happens going forward is the business that we cover. That's what we do. So to be offended by anyone who covers the NFL or talks about sports for turning the topic back to sports is insane because that's what sports people do. That's the job. And it is the job of all remaining active Buffalo Bills players to report to and play their next game. That's the job. And if they're not able to do the job because of this extraordinary circumstance, I get it. It's that, I'm, but, look, but, it's but, that, I, I, all I'm saying, the only thing I'm saying is the Bills should get the first choice. The league gets to react to that choice. And I think the only reasonable way to react to that choice is to say, okay, we're not going to fine you. We're not going to punish you for not showing up, but you will forfeit the game. The Patriots will win, and whatever happens in the AFC standings happens in the AFC standings. Because this is unprecedented. This is not like, you know, and we just don't feel like going to work. This is not, this is more than that. And I'm willing to accept the fact that it's more than that. And if the games are not important by that definition, whether or not the Bills forfeit game 18 or not should also not be important. It just, that's what it is. But the thing is, it... it playing. So the effect for other teams would be beneficial because they're in the playoffs anyway. They can't change anything about what happens below them. I mean, look, I, I understand everyone is very emotional about the situation, but th 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 this is the line of work that you signed up for. You know, I mean, there are guys who go fishing on crab boats, fall overboard, are never found again. The crab boat is out there the next day catching crab again because that's the job. That's the job. But that's that's the decision of the of the people on the boat. You can either go or not go. That's um, that's thing. This is not like a knee injury. This is people this playing is in that this game. This Playing in that game, we're looking at death. That's a that's a life changing thing for anybody, and I'm not arrogant enough to say that I can speak for a player in that situation or speak for any player. If the Bills are not emotionally ready to play on Sunday, they don't play, and I have no problem with their choice. I also don't think it's unreasonable to say, okay, it's just a forfeit then. Eight eight. Patriots win the game. And what happens in the standings happens in the standings as though you lost the game. 888-957-9570. I see we already got a few people wanting to talk about this. So we're going to come back and talk to you about it next here on Damon and Ratto. We are brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. On 95.7 The Game. It's a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit Friedman'sAppliance.com today. Warriors looking to get three games over 500 for the very first time all season. Uh, Bob Myers stopped on by earlier today, had some interesting things to say. We'll get to that sound in a little bit. We'll get into the uh, anatomy of this homestand that the Warriors are finding a bit of success on, even though they don't have key pieces going and playing and won't have more of those key pieces going and playing tonight, but a key opponent in Detroit. And then coming up after them, the Orlando Magic. These are these are eminently beatable basketball teams. After that, the Phoenix Suns. No Devin Booker, though. So there's a very good chance for the Warriors to rattle off a string of success here before they hit the road 
that would start feeling like the season is turning around. So hopefully that does happen. We were talking, though, about what is going to happen in football this weekend going forward, playoff scenarios in the AFC, and how the Bills and Bengals game is directly tied to not only their fortunes and their standings, but other teams' fortunes and standings as well. So what does the league do going forward? You know, I'm just saying that everything is business as usual until it's unusual. Well, it became unusual on Monday night for sure, but it's going to get back to usual quickly here. And then what they do to solve the absence of this game is something that I'm sure that they are burning the midnight oil and talking about in league offices since it happened. And if you say that that is a callous way to look at things, there's a lot of callous in sports, folks. Lots of it. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be looking at what happens from here, you know, and, conco- and concocting scenarios. The only thing I'm saying is the Bills get to decide whether they want to participate this week. Uh, it's already been pretty much determined. The NFL has said they're not going to, you know, try to wedge this game into this week. The only way you get that game played is if you move the playoffs back a week and then cut out the extra week before the Super Bowl. Which is fine by me. I hate that week off between the yeah, I mean, title games and yeah. the Super Bowl. I mean, the league, the league is entitled to handle their business their way. I mean, I heard another way around it would be to take this game and move it up. The, the game against the Patriots that the Bills have scheduled, move that game up to Friday or Saturday this week. Which, you know, feels a little bit unfair. Then turn around and play... Cincinnati in a makeup game Tuesday, Wednesday next week, and then one of those teams is playing playoff football not even five, six days later. Eh, it all feels like too much too that soon. Se- that seems profoundly unfair to both the Bills and the, and the Bengals. It does. So what do you do? Like, what are the real options here? Well, you know, w- what if the game is not rescheduled? I saw Warren Sharp go through just all the scenarios and... Basically, what the NFL is really hoping for is that the Chiefs win on Saturday. The Chiefs are playing the Raiders on Saturday. And with a Week 18 win, Kansas City would be the one seed for sure. Uh, if the Chiefs lose on Saturday and the Bills win on Sunday, then the Bills would find themselves elevated to a one seed. And then it would be, well, then what happens to the Bengals? Because the Bengals, they really can't even get the one seed if they win and both the Chiefs and Bills lose, the question would be then, could the right. Bengals get the two seed yeah. in the AFC? Yeah. The, so. the Bengals are two games behind Kansas City, so they can't be the one. You know, what would you do? Would you go to strength of schedule? How would you go through the tiebreakers? Well, the first tiebreaker um, would be, you know, there, 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 there would be several tiebreakers, and you'd have to go through them. It would be conference record. Um there would they would have the identical conference record. Then you'd go to common games. The Bills went eight and two in common games when the Bengals went seven and three in common games. And again, that no, that's could a even, conference record. I think you're looking at those are common games. No, so there there are uh, the, the tiebreaker would be conference record. Assuming a Buffalo right. Week 18 loss and a Cincinnati win in Week 18, both teams would be at eight and three in conference games. So there would be a scenario where you're now going to a second tiebreaker. A second tiebreaker could actually become also tied, which means that you would then have to go to a strength of victory calculated NFL tiebreaker. And it's just there's there's a lot of things here that are you know complicated and uh, have different prongs to them. I, I say you flip a coin. I mean, if it really comes down to it and you need a decision, flip a coin. That, that, that to me is the fairest way to do it without taking too much energy or allowing too much rust to set in with anyone as they're waiting around for what's about to happen. And even if the NFL just decided, hey, we're going to reschedule and we're going to squeeze this thing as, and, and as, as offensive and irresponsible as it might be to do that, we're doing that. You know, how and where could that be done? It's uh, you you obviously want the game in Cincinnati. It was their home game. Um, Yeah, that's not that's easy to solve. 
you put the game in Cincinnati because they don't have any stadium conflicts. There's no easy options. No. The, well, the easiest and I think the most sensible option is simply to just say, this isn't going to, this game's not going to be played. Period. 888 Let the chips land where they land after that. Mo Money in Vallejo. What do you got, Mo Money? Money Mo. Sorry. I had that backwards. Is he with us? I don't hear him. He's angry at you. He might be. This is Matt in San Francisco. Hello, Matt. What do you got? Hey, guys. Um, this is, first off, I want to preface this with, this is totally no emotion involved in this decision, but I had to call in because your, your take on, you know, it's time to go back to work this Sunday and the crab fisherman thing. I, I'm a first responder. I'm a firefighter. And if you witness someone on your crew injured, especially to the level that this kid was injured, everyone on that shift is given time off indefinitely with help for whatever mental impact that had on them. And your thinking on it is just, it just sounds real dated and real crass for what happened. Well, so so I'm just telling you the way that the NFL is thinking about this. I mean... Dated and crass are, I believe, you know, part of the bylines that the NFL works under. And there is a level of billions of dollars of business being played here and hundreds of millions of dollars exchanging hands to where feelings, believe me, are stowed away. And that's just the way it is. I mean, I, I we're just, you know, you, we're operating in, in the reality here. You know, not everything can be laid down as gently as everyone needs it to be. I will also say that the NFL has provided both the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills round-the-clock access to uh, therapists and grief counselors and has done what I would call above and beyond levels of help to help anyone who is, you know, wrestling mentally over this. Yeah, no, they they were they were tardy to make the to let the game die on Monday night. I'm sorry to use that word, but but they did it uh, largely because the players and coaches said we're not playing. Right. I don't the, care I what mean, you the, do. The players did it. The yeah, NFL well, did not do that. No, but they tried to paper it over the next day with a with a press conference at which said, "Oh, we never said that they have five minutes to warm up once the ambulance leaves," which I believe to be patently false. And I think because of that, they are sensitive to PR blowback. And if they tried to force the Bills and Bengals to play when neither team is willing to play, that would make it all the worse because they now they know better. And that's why I'm not sure that this game ought to be played. They ought to, I think, the best play for the NFL, speaking cynically, is to just take, take whatever minimal financial loss there comes with that and move on as though there was no game scheduled it's the easiest logistically it's the best solution pr wise and then if this lingers beyond that you deal with that when that happens and if it means that the bills don't want to play on sunday because you know the news is too devastating then i think the league is within its rights to say no punishment other than you get a loss. I don't think that's unreasonable. Some, I think it, it, it takes care of everybody's needs. Someone says, Damon, don't try to save yourself by saying this is how the NFL thinks about it. You were the one who made the fishing boat comparison. Yeah, because that's how that industry works, too. That's how, Folks, this is going to sound super crass. and blunt, But look, it, it, people go back to work after terrible things happen all of the time, all of the time, all of the time, in menial, unglorified, not glamorous, not provided for with round-the-clock access to therapy situations all over the world. It happens all the time. Life ain't fair. Life ain't fair. You know, I'm sure that the Buffalo Bills loved their teammate. 
You don't love your teammate as much as you love your father. And there are people who go to work on the day their father died to honor their father because that's the way they know that their father would want it. The Brett Favre game in Oakland. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's just it. people sometimes, in order to move on from grief, want to get back to their routines. That's That's part of this, too. Not everyone is one collective conscious. We're all upset. We don't. We, we therefore will not be commencing with normalcy. Getting back to normalcy for some people is a critical step in becoming normal again. That's the way it is. And if I've offended any of you, I apologize for absolutely nothing. You have no right to an unoffended life. You will hear things that make you go, ah, didn't like that. And then you can decide whether or not to come back and listen to me, listen to the show, listen to all of it. But if you want the, the truth and not the sugar-coated, you know, total, uh, what, what, uh, the, 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 the pie-in-the-sky wave things should be, go listen to the show that gives you that. I'm telling you what it is, what, what the way things are. It's rough out there. It's cold. It's callous. It's brutal. That's the way billion-dollar industries work. That's the way unrewarding industries work. But they shouldn't work that way all the time. All on, there's no one-size-fits-all on this. It's, you know, Brett Favre made a choice, and the Packers didn't prevent him from making that choice. I'm saying this choice is the Buffalo Bills' choice, and I think they're entitled to that choice. To not play this game? Absolutely. To not play on Sunday against New England? Absolutely. But with the consequence that they take a loss. It's a small consequence, I would think. But there, there is at least a consequence that does not impact teams that were not affected by this. And frankly, all teams have been affected a little bit by this one way or another. Just based on the, on the fact that I, I've seen... Most teams have had team meetings today to talk about uh, Hamlin and, and what's happened. So it affects all of them. But I think, you know, the choice, I, I don't think if the NFL comes out and say, you damn well better player, there are going to be sanctions. The end of the sanctions is they lose the game. Because anything after, after that is just needless bullying. And it's unfair. By the way, welcome one and all to your four o'clock hour. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 